Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tarmati. And this week, I have an exciting interview with a young lady, Tiffany Cook, all the way from uh, Melbourne in Australia. And I came across Tiffany because she's a fellow epigenetics coach, and we bonded and gelled over that topic. And I was just really fascinated with her story. She's an incredible athlete. Uh, She's a personal trainer in Australia, has her own podcast called Roll With The Punches, for obvious reasons. She's into her boxing and uh, really incredible. I love watching her on Instagram and doing her thing. She's extremely fit, extremely uh, strong-minded and a really intuitive young lady. It was just a fascinating conversation over, you know, what it takes to be in the ring and how it sort of transferred, transformed her life from being a non-athlete, you know, at the age of 29, going into the corporate boxing scene for the first time and then completely that uh, revolutionized her life and how going into boxing actually opened up a lot of old wounds from her from her childhood Uh, she'd been through some traumatic events in her childhood which she shares about which was very nice of of her to share and uh, some reflections on that and some learnings from that so really interesting interview ahead for you Uh, before we head over to the show though if you can give us a rating and review if you enjoy this content please do share it with your friends and your family I do really appreciate you doing that Uh, uh, slowly one by one where we're trying to build uh, a, a community of people who love good content, who find value in good content, who want to listen to experts in different areas and I have some fascinating interviews coming up in the very near future with some really heavy hitters, some big names and uh, some really extraordinary uh, experts in their field so make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, just a reminder too as we head over into the, the crazy silly season um, I hope you've all survived okay this year, 2020, um, come out the other end of it. Uh, let's hope that 2021 brings something a little bit better. It's been the toughest year of my life for sure. And I know many, many others have had uh, horrific challenges to face, both personally with businesses, with uh, loved ones, with 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 health issues uh, and fear. You know, there's a lot of fear around in, the, in this last 12 months. So I hope you've survived that okay. Um, um, if you are wanting some help with any uh, issues, whether you're dealing with uh, health problems, if you have come to the end of your tether with your sort of standard medical and if you want to get some alternative looking uh, at some alternative uh, approaches to things and you want some help navigating a health journey, health optimization, whether you want gene testing, epigenetics, uh, whether you just want some help in reaching a huge goal, some mindset support and some mental toughness training, then please reach out to me, Lisa at Lisa Tarmati. You can send me your emails on there and we can uh, have a conversation and see whether uh, working with us would, would be something that would be a benefit to you. We also have our uh, standard... Um, other programs that we're running, our epigenetics coaching programs, uh, which looks at your genes and how to optimize every aspect of your life according to your genes and how they are expressing right now. I know Tiffany's right into that as well. So uh, it is next level information to help you uh, be the best that you can be. Uh, We also have our online run training uh, system, Running Hot Coaching. Uh, We'd love you to come and join our family. We've got over 700 athletes now from all over the world. 
world that we train for various events, whether you're starting from absolute beginning, don't know where to start, want to make sure you do it in a proper structured manner, then come and see us. Or even if you've run 100, 100 milers and you still just want to optimize and, and reach the next level of performance, Neil and I and our team would love to help you with that. So please reach out to us at that. Lisa at lisatarmity.com or head on over to lisatarmity.com or our running website, which is runninghotcoaching.com. Right, without further ado, over to Tiffany Cook. Well, welcome back, everybody. I'm so glad to have you with me. I have Tiffany Cook with me, and I'm super excited for this conversation. Wow, what an amazing young lady. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Hey, Lisa, thank you. Oh, it's just so exciting. We connected through our mutual love of uh, PH360 and epigenetics. Uh, Tiffany is also an epigenetics uh, coach and fan, um, and we have a few mutual friends. Um, so we connected through that, and then I, I sort of delved into Tiffany's website and what she was doing and her podcast and thought, wow, what a what an amazing young lady. So I wanted to get her on the show. So Tiffany, can you give us a little bit of a, a background uh, in who you are and what you do and um, all about what you're up to now. You know, that's what we really want to get into the weeds on. Yeah, awesome. Oh, well, thanks for the intro. Um, so I'm from Tassie. I'm a young Tassie lass, Tasmania. <laughs> that's just, we sit down at the very bottom of Australia floating around. <laughs> I grew up there and I scooted over to Melbourne when I was almost or around 20 years old mainly because I just was, I felt like I was twiddling my thumbs in Taz. There just yeah. wasn't enough there to keep me occupied. Yeah. So I've been in Melbourne for the last 17 years and I've worked in corporate for the majority of that. Uh, at 29 years old, I I was at a talk for resilience, actually. I went and watched a talk on resilience and by a former Navy SEAL, actually, he's been on my podcast, Paul oh, Taylor, oh, and wow. that was fascinating. And after the talk, we went downstairs to have a look at, he had this this uh, gym called Akimotum and it was all based on human movement. It was it was quite a um, a forward thinking gym mm-hmm. and associated with PTA Global, to be honest. And we went downstairs to the boxing gym and there's this big poster on the wall with dudes in suits and boxing gloves on and it said zero, like court executive fight club. <laughs> and I looked at that and I was like, oh, there's something that gets attention. I'll, I'm in. <laughs> so I, on the, yeah, so on the spur of the moment, I decided to do a corporate boxing challenge, which was kind of crazy because I certainly, you know, was not someone that knew how to throw punches all too well. And so that experience took me in the ring for tw- for a twelve week challenge, um, and then we were to fight on stage, on cameras, on Foxtel, in front of a thousand people, black tie event, you know, all the bells and whistles that you yeah, get yeah. In a professional yeah. boxing fight. Needless to say, it was an enormous experience, enormous experience, and it brought with it a huge amount of growth. So I can remember, I'll fast forward to the day before, and I did not sleep until I think 6 a.m. in the morning I got to sleep. I had to wake up at 7 because I had to go to the airport to pick my mum up who was coming to watch the fight. So I remember texting my trainer at 6 a.m. going, I'm still not asleep. This is not good. And then I was, yeah, (laughs) and then I was just uh, socially useless for the day. Mum went out for lunch and then I was just just this riddled with anxiety. It hit me all in the last day. I was riddled with anxiety. I 
what yep. the hell am I doing? <laughs> we get to the fight night and I'm sitting there and I'm watching my best friend. She was the first fight of the night and I watched her and she won, of course, and that was amazing. And I was like, yes, right, we're on the winning team. This is happening. And <laughs> then they handed her the microphone. I remember this second bout of panic hitting me because I thought, like, I don't want to win because I can't, I can't, I, I can't speak. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, what am I going to do now? I'm about to get in the ring to win a fight that I don't want to ring win because I don't want to speak to people. Um, but long story short, I did. I won that fight and you could not get the microphone out of my hand. And, <laughs> you know, after saying before the fight, I will never, ever, ever, ever do something like this again because whatever's on the other side could not be worth what I've been through the last 24 hours. That dissipated and the feeling on the other side of that, the feeling having done it anyway was... 10 times stronger it was amazing so isn't it oh yeah. so cool yeah so continued on fought in the amateurs um had a great experience ended up um over the next couple of years becoming a boxing coach getting into health and fitness and the evolution just keeps rolling on i won't talk about it or too too long <laughs> four o'clock here and we'll have to wrap it up <laughs> oh and you've got a couple of titles and some amateur titles and you've uh victoria titles i think and yeah yes, so you came so yeah. right into the boxing from then on and, and and then dived into this world of of of, of fitness and coaching and and all of this so have you left the corporate job i now? have left the corporate job yeah, i left the corporate job in it was funny. I was doing, it was actually funny. I was doing the, the qualifications for fitness because in that first fight, we held a fundraiser because we were going to save it, the first Australian Save the Children trek. So, held a fundraiser and Personal Training Academy donated a certificate of fitness to be auctioned off. Oh, wow. And on the day, no one bidded for it. So, I purchased it for $500, <laughs> which was super Sweet. cheap. Yeah, super cheap. So, I ended up doing my qualifications and as I was finishing them, and it took me for because I never planned to use them. I just, it was out of interest. And as I was finishing, it was a couple of years later, I finally was like, oh, I should finish this course. One of my good friends and a friend that I network with said, sort of said, oh, when do you finish that course? And I said, oh, Sunday. Thank God. Yep. And he goes, all right, well, as of next week, I'm training with you. You just tell me how much and how often. And I was like, oh. Oh, my gosh. I'm oh, actually going to be a trainer. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And then a couple of friends did that. And then next minute, I, you know, within six months, I was like, something has to give. I have to start saying no. <laughs> or, But I just felt like I looked around and went, there's people that choose this career path that want to be where I am and grow this quickly. And I just feel like I have to give this a go. I have yep. to, I don't jump. feel like I have the right to, to not yep. throw in the job and give this, give this career path go. And you. yeah, I've Good never looked you. back. Wow. That's amazing. And you know, when, when I go to your website and what you do and, and the videos of you doing your boxing, it's like, oh, you are a machine girl. You are a machine. You're one tough nut, you know, like <laughs> seriously. And so who wouldn't want to be trained by you? I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, I was looking at you and uh, doing your boxing exercises, that one where you, you know, jump. Uh, go under the the band there, and I was like, yeah. "Wow, that's really cool." <laughs> it almost <laughs> made me want to get back at boxing. Uh, oh yeah, it's um, an amazing sport. It, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I only dabbled in it when I was looking. I nearly did a corporate fight, and then and then I didn't didn't uh, end up doing it in the end. But the training was great, you know, like, and it was a great thing. Um, so from the from the fitness side of it, absolutely love it, absolutely get it. It's really, really, really awesome. Um, and to see a kick ass girl like you just you know, doing what you do, it's like, <laughs> wow, that's so cool. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um 
and and you know diving into the whole like this is now my new passion where I'm meant to be heading. Obviously, the universe is sort of telling you, you know, like here, go here. Um, yeah. uh, having that, the 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 courage to jump out of your your corporate job was that a big, you know, like a you know, was a scary moment. Yeah, look, it was, it was huge, and it was huge on a couple of levels. So there's level number one where where I where I looked back over a couple of years of doing the corporate fights, and what I saw when I glanced back was this girl who went from a disengaged employee that just did this job in this industry that she did. And if you ask me now why I did it, and I loved it. I always loved my jobs, and everyone always thought I, you know, they they thought I was always really passionate and happy yeah. in my job because that's the sort of you know like whatever I do I'm pretty into it but um yeah why did why why was I working in the print industry why was it just because I fell into it out of school and so that was my thing but but I looked back and saw this disengaged employee that had over the last couple of years turned into an engaged employee that had turned into a, a coach and a business owner and you know and an, an entrepreneur for lack of a better word yeah. and I went wow like that that wasn't deliberate that that happened hand in hand with this stuff that happened in the boxing ring. And I always call the boxing ring like my metaphor for life. <laughs> I so, get that. I get yeah. that. So my passion when it came to coaching people was understanding, I don't, you know, like the cool thing was it gets you super ripped, it gets you super fit. So people will come to that. They, a, they want your energy and they want your enthusiasm, they want your empowerment and they want your abs. Yeah. But, no, like that's all this side repercussion. I was like, what I love is that I know that you as a person are changing when I teach you this stuff in the boxing ring. I know what's happening and you don't even have to know no. what's happening. You'll look back. Under, like, yeah, yeah, but one day you'll look back and realise your whole life's changed. Very insightful, Tiff. Very insightful. That's really, really, because it isn't about the abs. I mean, they're great. <laughs> yeah, and what's, it was funny, I, I did <laughs> online coaching. I launched online coaching maybe three years ago and – super successful. I launched it and within the first two months I you know I'd sold ten thousand dollars and I was like wow like, I don't have a huge following to be selling like this is really yeah. successful but I it fell away really quickly because I found so many people coming to me and I just I guess I wasn't equipped with my messaging and getting it out there and, yeah, and how easy. to cope with things. But yeah people came to me wanting abs and counting macros and counting and I was like we hey we're not counting calories. We're not counting this is that's not my jam. I don't care like yeah you'll have abs at the end of this but we're not doing it by measuring stuff and counting things and you know it yep. was yeah so I just my passion for that side of things really dissipated the one thing I did love about the online coaching was people would just open up and bear their soul in a way that they that you don't get when they walk in person in the in the, in the boxing environment yeah, because that's, no, you get that's right to the crux of yeah. why, why yeah. am I here? You know, like people sitting in front of you saying, you know, I, you know, they're, they're beautiful. They're not overweight. They're super fit looking. They're gorgeous. And they're saying, well, you know, I, I feel, I'm fat. And when <laughs> sometimes I don't go out for lunch with my friends because, because I'm having a fat day, you know, who are like, wow. Yeah. I've, I've seen you in the boxing gym for three years. You're so fit and gorgeous. And you're still sitting there telling me this story. Mm. That's so getting the stories out of people. Yeah. And, you know, you're right. I mean, the online training space, I mean, we have an online, you know, run training system and stuff, and it's been through 100 iterations. And it's so it's super powerful in the one way because you can connect with people all over the world and you can it can help people. Um, but having that, you know, it's a real struggle to cre- create that 
uh, that energy that you have when you're in live in a room with somebody. And so there's this this, this problem between the you know you're only one person and you're try, you know you you want to reach a lot of people you want to help have a massive impact. And then you're struggling with the with the systems that are available today, and the and the way, and then you're having to learn a whole new language and technology, and oh my God, what you know, all these blah 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 things that you have to know when you're doing in this space. And we sort of persevered because we're freaking stubborn, <laughs> <laughs> Neil and I, my business partner and I, uh, and, and huge learning curves. And you know, by no means have we got it all sussed by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and now we do we do both. You know, we do the the combination of of things. And because we we need you need to have the one on one because and and because you have a higher touch and you also you hone your skills when you're working one on one with people mm. and when you when you're in the online space then you can reach a broader audience it's made it's more affordable for people yeah. so you you want a bit of both you know because yeah. when it's high touch it costs more it's just it's just the way it is you know um, and so having that combination of things is 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 really powerful too um, I wanted to dive now a little bit into we we got talking before we you know started the recording. Um, a little bit about your uh, some challenges that you had as a as a, a young person and how that sort of came out in the ring. Are you ha- happy to share about that a little bit, Tiffany? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, and I spoke of this just recently shared it for the first time on my podcast. Um, Roll just with last the punches, week. by the way, people. We'll <laughs> Roll the with the punches. Roll with the punches is their podcast. So we'll <laughs> Thank <show> you. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I found myself at 29, I was inside the boxing ring and, and I was, and I had some really strong traits and I had some really, a, a really, strong idea around who I was as a person and my identity. And like I mentioned to you before, I, I, I had all these strengths and at points inside that boxing ring, boxing, the boxing ring is the only place where I feel that even for myself, I am unmasked. It's yeah. the one place where I can trust who I am because, because we build this identity. And I think sometimes that that identity is so strong that even we, but so I, I can be we the believe master. Yeah, I can be the master <laughs> of having stories and reasons that I believe. Mm-hmm. So, what I see in the boxing ring, and you need, like, it's this developing a self awareness, is this raw honesty of you react before your subconscious can, or before your conscious mind can catch up. So, if you're scared, you react before you before you can pretend anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you see if you're aggressive, if you're scared, if you have self-love, if you you see all of these things, um, and it's quite confronting. Mm. I found that within two years of the sport and of you know, questioning, I'd start to go for walks around town, and I would have these memory. I would start thinking of memories of when I was a child, and when I was a child, for quite a quite a few years, I was at the hands of sexual abuse from a person, a neighbour, a family friend. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I'd pushed down and I'd never ever spoken of for yep. so long that yeah. I'd, I guess I'd really felt it's like it never even happened. Yeah, yeah. You thought so, you were over it. Yeah. So here I am strolling along and all of a sudden that would pop into my head and I'd think about running into this person and I'd start to get angry about it and I'd start to think about it. Well, why is this coming up? This is weird. I'd start to Google it, like what 
what what are the repercussions of um, an adult who has experienced childhood sexual abuse? I had a a best friend at the time who was a clinical psychologist, and I was, we were on a walk, and I was like, oh, so you know, I framed the <laughs> question to her, and I remember her answer was like, oh. No, they they haven't dealt with anything. <laughs> yes, and I was like, all right. And then a couple of weeks later, I remember her saying, "Oh, were you speaking about so and so?" And I was like, "No, actually, I was speaking about myself." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Went, oh, uh, I would have framed things differently. But yeah, basically, you know, I questioned why am I in this boxing ring? What something is drawing me in on a level. Yeah. You know, because I'm not someone that keeps coming back. You know, I, I find the next object, shiny object pretty quickly. You know, yeah. I said to you before, like when I was at school, <laughs> I was I was not, you know, I was I was smoking when I was 14, like smoking cigarettes. I wasn't turning up to do fitness and things. But when it came to, you know, sprinting, I'd come first in the 100, 200, 400 metres and anything jumping. And I loved it because I was good at it. But boxing, I never felt I was good at it. It was something that I, it was a skill I didn't have that I had to work hard for. And I had to work hard and consistently under self doubt and fear and all of those, you know, hard to cope with confronting emotions. And I was doing it. So I was, so I started writing. Why? Why is, what's, what's going on here? And these emotional breakdowns were coming up and it really just started peeling back that hard shell and making me look at, yeah, making me look at, I guess, how that experience as a child had changed me. And, you know, you really gave me the opportunity to face that. Wow, that's amazing. And and so the, the... because you were digging so deep in some really confronting stuff in the ring, it's sort of opening up your personality. Because like you say, you can't run anywhere when you're in the ring in your, or you're boxing and you're training and you're pushing your limits and you're feeling fear and you're feeling anxiety and you're, you're outside of your comfort zone pretty much the whole freaking time. Yeah. And that, that makes you start to think, well, who the hell am I and what am I doing and where have I come from and what am I – I mean, for me, um, and I use ultramarathoning as my metaphor for everything for obvious yep. reasons, same <laughs> as you in the boxing ring, and I was running. You know, when I, when I, when I started doing ultramarathon, I was running from the pain and the pain that I felt physically was a metaphor for the pain that I was in internally. And mm. so f- for me, that, you know, that's the, like the masochistic side of really pushing my body to the absolute limit in the early days was about lessening the pain that I was experiencing in my soul and my heart and my mind and the, 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 the talk, the incessant negativity that was in my mind. I found when I pushed my body and was in pain and suffering and pushing to the limits and achieving things as well, mm. that, that changed the conversations that I was having with myself and it opened up um, avenues for me to let that pain out into start to work through it and start to heal from it. And then, of course, you're surrounded by amazing, incredible people in the sport mm. and you're, you're doing incredible things and then people are starting to say, hey, you, you, that's pretty amazing what you're doing. And slowly over time you start to build, rebuild what's broken inside. And people don't see this on the outside. You know? mm. They don't see the broken heart that's on the inside. And, you know, like, you know, when I was young, I had no self-esteem, no confidence. You know, like I'd never be doing this sort of stuff, like, for God's sake. You know, I was like a timid, 
very um, broken person. Um, I hadn't experienced sexual abuse like you, thank God, in my, in my childhood, but I had been in abusive relationships um, and, and and been through that experience and had some other stuff in, in, in my youth, um, again, th- through sport and um being pushed too hard too early uh, in my sport and things. So I was dealing with a whole lot of crap, in other words, mm. and this was my outlet. And as time went on, running rebuilt who I was and what I what I thought I could achieve. And when I started to open those doors, just like you've been through in the last few years, it's like, holy shoot, I can do a heck of a lot of things that I didn't think I could possibly do. And if I can do that, maybe I can do this. And your horizon starts to open up as to who and what you are and what you're capable of. And in that time, your your things are changing as to how you're dealing with stuff. Because that's the other great thing with sport and training and discipline and perseverance is you start to develop a toolbox of ways of thinking, of of skills, of ways of managing your emotions. And you learn all these tricks. And then when you dive into the whole world of like epigenetics and you start to understand your your own genes, that's even next level stuff. You start to realize, hey, I'm I'm this chemical bomb if you like and I've got to like in my case I've got to move and I've got to do my breathing and calm myself down and I know when to turn myself on and when to 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 push and when to pull back and you know I'm 52 so I'm starting to you know slowly work stuff out not you know touch wood I can still have breakdowns <laughs> quite regularly don't get me wrong Paul. But you know what I mean? And you start to you start to feel as if like, ah, this is sort of making sense. And then, you know, as you get older, life throws even more shit at you. So you've got stuff to look forward to. <laughs> Yay, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> but, you know, you've got some at least some coping mechanisms or some ways of dealing with it. Um, so, so what started to come out? So, how did, how did you know, like the sexual abuse as a child? I mean, a lot of people have been through this, yeah. and it's so cool that you're willing to share it because it is about how is it affecting you today as an adult? What happened to you back then? Because that's that stuff that programs your subconscious, and you don't even know it. Oh, big time, big yeah. time. Um, taking it back into the boxing ring. Um, what I saw in there, and it was a real strength in the boxing ring. So what I saw in there was this this inability to connect with emotions in the moment. So mm-hmm. when so I was a very technical boxer. I was inside, and I wasn't. I definitely wasn't talented. In fact, in that first fight, I think everyone, myself, and everyone around me was like, "Oh shit, what are we going to do with this chick? How are we going to fix this in twelve weeks?" But we only sparred once or twice before the fight, and yeah. we, and the time that we jumped in and sparred, the trainer came over and he said, "Is that the first time you've sparred?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, Phew. "Wow, you did really okay. well." You know, so you can't tell what you're going to be like in any situation. No. And so I did really well. But what, what made me do really well was this inability to connect and feel with, deal with emotions. So I had I had built this coping mechanism that I guess it was accommodate what's happening, accommodate what's happening, mm-hmm. emotions will come fucking three days later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's a real strength. Mentalizing. And yeah. that can be a real strength, compartmentalizing, yeah. being able to not oh, be emotional in the moment. Yeah, and in my m- most of my early fights, I would walk back to the ring at the end and be like, "What? 
what happened. I had, you know, really my awareness in there was I was just on full fight or flight, go. I, I couldn't feel the punches. Winning and losing felt the same. I was, wasn't, my defences weren't great, but I was strong and I was resilient and I would just walk in and I would go and I knew I was there for a job and I'd do it. Um, over the, what I found, found really interesting. So I guess let me talk about what connected with me there. It was that idea of, I resonated with standing inside a boxing ring where somebody was standing in front of me that was there as an opponent to inflict pain. To hurt you, yeah. Yeah. I resonated that there was all of this support on the outside but none that could step inside and help me. Wow. Yeah. I resonated with the fact, though, in this ring they could see they got it. I got a chance to show them that this is happening to me, and I'm going to come. I'm coming out on top, and I can handle this. Wow! Look at all this stuff, you know. And it took a lot of it took a lot of looking at that and writing writing it out and seeing how it felt to say and think like that to know whether it connected. Mm. Um, very intuitive. Yeah. Very. very so, good. in 2015, I went to I, I left work and became a coach so I stopped competing for a little bit just to adjust and get in three years past yeah. <laughs> before I hopped back in the boxing ring but when I did and that was only last year in 2019 or 2018 sorry um I jumped back in the ring and I simultaneously as I opened two gyms by, mind you so I don't know who what sort of person does all <laughs> at once that on that person whoever it is yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I jumped back in the box room. My biggest um, curiosity, I don't say fear, I say curiosity was in that time I'd done a lot of work, I'd done a lot of therapy, I'd sought out help, I knew what I needed to resolve in relationships and we can touch on that later mm-hmm. if you wish. But I knew that my biggest strength is inability to connect with emotions had now been tampered with a lot and that I'd worked on that. And I thought, and it, <laughs> to be honest, in working on it, it had crossed my mind. If I touch this area of myself, I'm changing who I am as a boxer. So how much does it mean to be this boxer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How much of my identity revolves around that? Because if I, because if I oh, wow. go and play in this space, then you're I'll not change. Play, you may not be the boxer that you were prior when you could exactly. just emotionlessly be. Exactly. I, yeah, can resonate with that one. Yeah, so I so I went back and I went to training and I remember I went and I I had a hard trainer. I chose he was I've had a few trainers over the time. He was my first amateur trainer. Really loved his style of training, but you know, think million dollar baby. He was yeah. brutal. He was brutal. a hard man. He yeah, he <laughs> did not come without the work. Yeah. Uh, so I went down and trained with him and at this gym down in Dandenong, a lot of um mostly male boxers there, quite a Quite an intimidating space, really. Yeah, yeah. And I hadn't sparred or done anything for a couple of years, aside from the odd throw the gloves on and hit the bag occasionally. Yeah. And I remember jumping in the ring with one of his fighters, and he was a southpaw, and he, he is a heavy hit. Like he has a – he, without even trying, he lands these punches that are like a freight train hitting oh. you, like a really strong lad. And I hopped in the ring and I wore a, an uppercut that I thought broke my nose. Oof. So I've never had a broken nose. <laughs> um, 
pretty pretty nose. (laughs) I know. I always thought I've got quite a, for for the listeners, I've got quite a sharp, (laughs) pointy, straight nose that, I mean, you just wouldn't think that a boxer could (laughs) (laughs) keep this nose, (laughs) (laughs) especially with the amount of punches I wear. Anyway, he hit me with an uppercut and I thought, oh, for sure, that's broken. I was in a quite a, you know, I felt anxious and it was the first time three minutes felt like three years in there and I remember being hyper aware that, my heart was, I felt naked. I, I knew that you can all see my emotion. Yep. I'm feeling it and I don't want to be here and yep. I feel like for the first time I don't even want to finish this round. Yep. I felt so exposed wow. and, yeah, and it told me, you know, all I need, needed to know was, yep, you've, you've things have changed, but that in itself was beautiful. I went, I went back to boxing, not for boxing sake. So, and I box not for boxing sake for the sport, but for getting a handle on who I am and seeing yep. that evolution. It's like my, like I said, it's like this. It's little, your measuring stick, yeah, sort of your evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So you're competing um, now, or you've like just back step back from the the competitive side so that you can focus on all this sort of stuff. COVID sort of, well, by the end of last year, I'd burned myself out again because we yeah. I was they had all the gyms and all the training and was just doing yeah, way too much as I do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I know about my health type, yeah. I understand what what has always pushed me to the brink when yeah, I yeah, yeah. into that zone. Yeah, <laughs> so well, we're talking work it differently. here, people. So sorry, we're talking about the language. <laughs> yeah. Our, so in a nutshell, yeah. So we're very yeah. similar health types. So we tend to, just for the listeners, um, have a lot of adrenaline. So we go, go, go until we go bang, and then we crash. And 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 recognizing that pattern in our because we're both very similar, <laughs> sit on the similar <laughs> place in the wheel, um, is is a is a really important thing so that we don't burn out, so that we learn to back off before we have the crash, and you know, yeah, try and pace yeah. ourselves a little bit, which we're not that great. And at. as it like as an activator, um. So I would go. So I would. I would get up at four thirty, and I would do a five-hour shift holding pads in my gyms. Wow. Then I'd, ha- then I'd ha- drive down for an hour, and I'd go and do a two, usually a two-hour boxing session. But we're talking three-minute rounds, and wow. probably sometimes up to an hour straight of sparring. So it was two two hours of high-intensity, brutal work. Yeah five nights a week. So I look at that and I'm like, okay, well, activators aren't built for a two-hour stint. It's no wonder. No. But I, but before knowing about epigenetics, I was just like, I don't know why I'm burning out. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty obvious now. Yeah. I mean, it should have been obvious anyway. <laughs> yeah. Activators also aren't born for running for days on end either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As I found out quite late in the piece too. It's the crusader coming through. <laughs> yeah, the crusader side a little bit more, but yeah, not, yeah. it's kind of nice sitting on the cusp of both because you yeah. get that, you get that, you get a bit of the both. That, yeah, 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 it's fantastic. You, you, you mucked up both ways. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but did you? So, like, did it change? Because you know, like, doing this emotional work, and you know, I'll share, and I've never said this before, but you know, I often ask, get asked, why are you not doing ultra marathons now? And one of the reasons was obvious my mum got sick and my, my whole life focus changed and then, you know, life's come at me at a full throttle and I haven't been able to do the, you know, I, can, I can't dedicate 20 hours a week to my sport mm. anymore. It's just mm. impossible. But on the other side of that equation is that I've now spent so long studying the body and human physiology and, uh, um, you know, epigenetics and all the rest of the stuff that I actually don't want to do that 
to myself anymore because I want longevity and I want health and I am 52 and I did it for 25 years and my body isn't the same um, and I've taken some some health hits from it. Um, I also am in a place in my life where I feel like in, in, in the early, a long time in my career, I felt like I had to prove something to somebody mm-hmm. and I was doing it to be something, prove something that I was tough that I was strong, that I was able, because I'd always been told I was useless and weak and you can't do this. So that was my reaction to try to prove that. I now no longer have that desire and therefore the the hunger is gone, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I no longer have that absolute desire to go through whatever it takes to mm. get to the finish line and you need that in that sport if that's what you if you want to reach the top and that that played with my identity for a long time like then who am I if I'm not that tough you know ultra marathon running girl and now I'm like nah actually I've got bigger different or should I say different things to do on this earth and I've that was that was a great time. I've taken these great experiences that I can now share and it's okay to be doing, being a badass in other ways. And that's okay. And I think a lot of athletes have this real difficult time when they shift from their active career into something else and feeling like you are nobody now. And that is not true. Mm. You now have a huge amount of things. You're not starting from scratch. You're starting from a, a place of wisdom and you've got these experiences that now you can move forward. And just pushing repeat, and I've seen some of this in a, in a few other athletes, you know, really top-level athletes who, who I've had conversations with and they've said to me, you know, privately, I'm, I don't want to be doing this anymore, but I don't know who I am if I'm not doing this. And that's not a good place to be. It's time to do something different. We've got a short life. We want to do some, you know, we, we can move on without feeling like we're losing ourselves and mm. just embracing that as a, as a change and a transition. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that you asked this question because in my early podcast, I, I tried a couple of times attempted broaching this question, but I felt like it just, I felt like it hadn't quite landed where I wanted it to with, with the people and, I, yeah, so, so my question, and because boxing is one, because of my experience, when I see boxers, when I walk into a boxing ring and, and somebody walks into the boxing club, especially a female, I, well, through the first fight, we got to know everybody. So you know everyone that you're training with. And I remember saying, I hadn't said this before, I remember saying in the early days to like my parents, I'm the only one there without a story. Like, oh, people have had marriage breakdowns or they're on drugs or they've got this or they've got that. Everyone's got this big story and I'm just there. Like, I'm just, this is me, little no self-awareness me going, I'm just there to have a great time because I'm awesome. You know, like, fucking hell, did I not know what was coming? (laughs) Yeah, you did have a story. You just had everyone has a story. Everyone. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, and that's why I really connect with people in the boxing ring and, people that walk into a boxing gym, you know that there's there's a deep story. You don't know whether they know it or not. Um, and I asked that question a couple of times to to various people in this space of do you think that uh, that um, the reason – so we have this – we all have this drive for success, but what is the reason that's – 
The only thing that makes us succeed in one thing is this yearning desire for a resolution on some level. Yep. And we're either aware of it or we're not. But if we were totally fulfilled in all areas of our life, we wouldn't, especially when it comes to things like boxing or ultramarathons where it's a tax on your body. Like I had a friend, I I have a friend, she's a really good friend of mine, and we both started our boxing journey at Courtney. I spoke of her in the first, Mm -hmm. with the first fight. And for a couple of years, her, her life really revolved around boxing. Again, someone with a story and a metaphor and it was strong. But she, boxing meant so much. It was her identity at that time on such a level. But when you break it down, especially for boxing, especially for females, especially for Australia, you know, like it's a sport where the the decision is based on a couple of, couple of fat dudes sitting around the ring saying whether you won or lost you know it's it's an opinion-based judging system and it's often tampered with like it's whoever decides what are you scoring and oh well I like this style of fight so I'm going to score it this way so you're putting your you're putting your your self-worth and your identity and your win and loss ratio in the hands of other people Mm, and And boxing's a sport, especially for a female, especially in Australia, where if you're not in, if you don't have a passion for it, nobody knows anything. If you walk out and say some of the top boxers in Australia's names to 90% of the population, they'll go, what, who? Yeah. You take someone in just doing amateurs, you know, I know some of the top amateurs in this space. And, but if I say their name to most people, they'll go, no idea. Yeah. Oh no. You're not famous in the sense of famous. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, what are we fighting for? You're putting your body on the, on the line. (laughs) Same with us. Yeah. And this one fight, this one result, this means the world to you, but guess what? Like, yeah, we all want you to win. Your mates want you to win. Yeah. The, the accolades are all waiting for you, but at the end of the day, in two months time, you're just the same you. Yeah, don't believe the hype. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's a really good point. Um, you know, like sometimes, it, you know, you, when you get even into podcasting or you're in the public eye and you get um, people telling you you're doing great and you're amazing and you're awesome, never believe that shit. <laughs> <laughs> don't let that go to your head because this is unreal. And um, you you want to you want to take your cues from the people that you love and respect and that are close to you at all times. Never take your cues from people. Um, and this is not to you know like it's fantastic having people love what you do and things like that. And and you know I'm not saying that, but what I'm mm. saying is don't ever let that stuff go, get to your yeah, head cause, because cause what it will you do is you. not who you are. And no, if people were, are loving you for what you do, you stop doing it, and they. Drop away. You, yeah, you, they drop away and then all of a sudden you think. So in other words, just like in the boxing ring where, where the dudes in the corner are judging you and they have control over who, how you feel about yourself, if you lose, and you, you're nobody. You know, and if, or if you don't finish that ultra marathon or you failed, not in my camp. That's not the way I yeah. operate. That's not the way I coach. People who um, put in the hard work, do the discipline, go through the life-changing training, stand on the start line, those are the people that I'm stoked about, you know, and, mm. and, and admire. And I, what happens on the actual day and you're going through the race, you know, that's all up to the gods really. You know, like you, you hopefully you'll give it your all. And, and if you gave it your all, then, then that's all you had to do, you know. You gave it everything. You prepared your body right. You, got, you did that. 
whether you won, lost, didn't finish, whatever, that's all about the learning curve, you know, mm. and, and then it's about standing back up again. So don't, like failure is, a, is you know, people say, oh, you know, you learn the most in failure. Well, it's damn true. You do. And it's not pleasant always, but you, the journey, in other words, the journey is where you're doing the changing and developing and stuff. It's not all about race day or boxing day in the ring. Yeah. It's yeah. all about the rest of the stuff. So, Tiffany, um, you've done a project recently and you were talking about it um, on, on your recent podcast. Um, you've sort of uh, wanted to help people with uh, paramedics you, you were talking to and uh, the trauma that they go through and or first responders in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, how, what was the correlation there between what you do and, and how you've been helping helping in that arena? Yeah, cool story. So when COVID hit, so I, a couple of years ago, I did a, a camp with Craig Harper. I'm, I'm on Craig Harper's podcast quite a bit, and he does a camp once a year for people to go down, spend three days, bit of like self, self-development self camp. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I met one of the paramedics there two years ago, and from that, I'd done some boot camps and things a couple of years ago with them. Now, when COVID hit, uh, rain had put a message in the Facebook group of support to the, to the paramedics who were single, who were, you know, we were going into isolation and it was going to be a shitty time. And I commented on that and I was like, you're amazing. Like you're such a good soul. And so she rang me up. She said, I've got this idea. And she goes, I'm going to get some funding together and get you a gig helping us stay fit online. So we're going to create a wellness hub. Yeah. So I put together this training program and, and with that, I, th- I said, let's get together on Friday afternoon and do like a feel good Friday and we'll have a drink or whatever, have a bloody mm-hmm. soda water or, you know, have just get together and so people don't have to be alone. And, um, and that quickly evolved into getting speakers on, which involved into, evolved into this podcast. Uh, but my, I found myself connect really strongly with paramedics and it was around this, this boxing analogy in my experience but what I connected with is I look at these people and they've chosen a career where they where they walk into trauma mm. and into walking into that trauma in, in order to be a great paramedic or first responder or law enforcement officer or firefighter, you have to train yourself the ability to suppress emotions. So the first thing I saw was, oh, you guys are suppressing emotions. Mm. And I saw what that did to me and I saw how that played out and the and the negative repercussions that I had to deal and with. Health. Yeah. Yeah. So I really so I had this connection, this curiosity around these people and why they do it and what are their levels of self-awareness and how is it playing out for them? Is it playing out for them? Is it the same thing or am I on the wrong track? And, you know, I'm still asking that question and mm. I'm, and you know, and different. It, yeah, yep. I've, I've had so many conversations around it and it's funny because I'm like, oh, God, you're just this Tasmanian chick sitting in front of a microphone with zero qualifications in this area but a huge amount of curiosity and I just. Never let that stop you, Tiffany. Well, that's it. And I, I've sort of gone, well, I just, from from any of the research that I've done, I haven't come across anyone asking these questions, you know. Like sometimes you find out great answers from a place of complete ignorance, mm. And that's definitely where I come from in this yeah. space. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
yeah you're opening up conversations and you're letting yeah like our first responders you know I come from a as I was saying before a family of firefighters my dad my brother my my husband all firefighters and you know they are exposed to inordinate amounts of horrific situations let's just be honest and the trauma that they go through and that they see has a very big impact um you know um without getting into any details like my husband's lost a fair few friends over the last few years to suicide mm. yeah and 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 to say it's not job related and we don't know all the details and so on but i can bloody well bet your bottom dollar a lot of it is what they've seen and what they've been through and the lack of support around them um and you know especially i think for men they're expected to be tough and you know handle it handle the channel and yeah. You know, um, and, and when you are, you have to be able to function in these sorts of traumatic situations, which is super, super important. Yeah. You also need to not suppress our emotions and to realize we're humans that have emotional responses to what we're seeing. Yeah. And um, that, that needs to be dealt with some freaking how. And I don't, you don't have the answers. I don't have all the answers, but it's, we, we need to shine a light on it. And so definitely people in all of these really um, caring professions, doctors, nurses, first responders, you know, all of these people, we don't, you know, we want these people to be compassionate. We want them to have, you know, a high level of, of humanity and we need to support them in what they're doing and what they're facing and what they're seeing in the aftermath of that. Mm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I could cope with it day in, day out. Um, you know, it's it's pretty phenomenal the job that they do. You know? Oh, it's huge! It's huge on on an emotional level, and then on top of that, you know, I often look and I go like, these guys are they're working under those conditions, but then just the conditions of shift work and which affects their diet, their exercise, their everything that creates a being that is resilient is getting sort of it's up the wops too. Yeah, it's getting yeah. poked and prodded in every direction, and then put into the, the such a a high performance environment. I sat down with a friend of mine who has just recently joined the police force and obviously he was getting into the academy and I was like, oh, yeah. God, do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but I said to him, oh, Luke, I want to have you on a podcast. He goes, oh, give me a few years in the force. I'm like, no, right, because this, this, me sitting with you, having breakfast, asking you in your first year of becoming a police officer, because he said, yeah, I've, you know, like I fit – become hyper vigilant from day one he goes now when i walk into a restaurant i check the exits i check the things you know like yeah that's that doesn't happen without your body responding, you know responding stress response yeah yep. exactly exactly your your amygdala is switched on yep. you know you're having these physiological responses you're, you're putting yourself into hyper awareness all the time yep. you can hear when you're when you start responding to things like you said you hear a certain language or yep. something in a background conversation and you become aware of it like that's yep. you switched on switched on switched on oh i can see it in my 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 husband you know like if i put the 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 smoothie blender on without telling him his cortisol just up like that yeah and and he and he's like very sensitive to loud sounds and yeah. in their job they're exposed to the the sirens and tones going off all the time and so he's hyper responsive to those noises, the phone going. The, and, and every single time it sends his body into a fight or flight, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help him sort of, you know, bring that down really quickly. But mm. that's what they're programmed. 23 years of responding to tones. And in the middle of the night when you're in a deep sleep phase, 
and then you know whenever the case may be, that stuff has an effect oh. um, on 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 your. You just constantly, and you you think about it like a bus will go past and let out its air brakes. Yeah, and, you know immediately the, you know like what's happening. You know, am I in a you know and and. It's just because they're good at their job. They're good at responding really quickly. Yeah. It actually leaves them in a state of, for the next couple of hours, their body's got a whole lot of cortisol running around and that puts up your blood sugar levels and that causes insulin resistance and that causes weight gain and all of these knock-on effects. Just yeah, example, yeah. Just as an and, the, and the, the conversation I always have is, you know, there's, there's no divide between your physical and your mental health. No. I'm a different person mentally when I'm underslept, undernourished, and, you know, your physical body creates the chemicals that give you mental balance and equanimity. Yep, and this is why I think like why I love epigenetics and in, in the yeah. the programs that we both do because we can help people look at their chemistry, at their hormones, because they all want to know about the food and the the the, the exercise. But mm. actually, understanding your hormones, your personality type, what part of your brain you use the most, how you respond in different situations, and from a genetic perspective, really helps you understand how to get the best out of your body and not to. Uh, play into your problem. So uh, we both being very close to being very similar body types, mm. we know we need movement. Like you, yeah. if you stick me at this desk for all day, I'm going to be one angry person by the time <laughs> the five o'clock rolls around. Don't I? I need regular movement breaks. I need yeah. little bits of food. You know, I need throughout the day. Uh, I'm burning very high. I'm like, you know, and I need then to shut down at night. I know all these things, so I'm constantly aware of those, and that helps me balance out. And I wouldn't say I've got the science down because. Geez, sometimes I still have big meltdowns, but I'm we I'm watching myself even when I have a meltdown and I lose lose control, whether I'm crying or I'm angry or whatever the case may be. I'm watching myself and I'm observing my behaviour and I'm thinking, yeah. how did I do that and why did I do that and how do I bring myself back down? So already I'm bringing awareness to the problem, even when I haven't mastered it. If that makes sense. Mm. We're all. talking about um talking about conditioning, and you asked earlier like how some of this conditioning plays out from the abuses and. What I noticed over the last few years was this accommodating, like my first response to things is to accommodate. And so what I would find is I'd have conversation. I remember having a conversation. I can't remember what the conversation was. I remember being at work. I was a trainer and and the owner of the gym had said, oh, can we do blah, 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 blah. And almost before people finished speaking, I'm like, yes, yep. Yeah, cool, cool. I, I just, you know, I don't want conflict. I just want to be everything yes. for you, whatever you need. Whatever you want me to be. Yep. And yep. then I'd find myself later on and I'd be like, oh, I, I, I didn't that? agree to that. <laughs> uh, you know, and it took me a long time to realise that, ah, oh, this is a conditioned response that you accommodate the other person and it doesn't matter what you think or feel because you don't have, because you, you don't think or feel right now. You just accommodate. And deal with it later. And so what I've learned to do, which is hard for an activator because we like to react and respond, yes. Yes. <laughs> but what I've learned to do is listen, try and think and feel in the moment and, and then say, can you give me a day or so before I commit to that? So this new setting boundaries, I didn't have boundaries before, awesome. zero boundaries. So it was, I need to learn a, that. It was kind of a, a, I used to just dodge through life trying to keep massive distance between people because I didn't know how to set boundaries so I just would avoid it 
and avoid conflict. And yep. yeah, so that was my way of keeping myself myself safe then. But now it is, you know, just saying, hey, I think that think that that sounds good but do you mind if I just commit you know get back and to that it? no is a perfect answer I really really struggle mm. with this one and I'm still struggling with this one ask my business partner and he's like just stop doing stuff for people and saving everybody in the planet <laughs> you've got to make a living you know and yeah. I'm like I know but blah, 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 this situation that situation excuse 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 and I'm like and he said listen to yourself you're burning yourself out. You can't put your resources into our things. You're not helping the, you know, I'm like, mm. I know, I know, I know, but, you know, and, and yeah. that's something I struggle with on a day-to-day basis because I just want to heal the world, fix everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently yeah. I can't. <laughs> apparently I have to make a living. <laughs> apparently I have to have money in my bank. You know, I can't just do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and I really struggle with that. I really struggle with saying no. And that knows yeah. a perfect answer, and um, that's still a, a definitely a work in progress. Yeah, but, you know. On the other hand, it's like okay, well, there are worse things, that you, you know, <laughs> that you can be, and and it is, but it is setting boundaries because you do. I do burn out because I'm yeah. doing too many things with too many people, and uh, you know, trying to help to spreading yourself too thin, and then you don't do a good job. That's the other thing. Yeah, you and then you beat yourself properly. up over it. Yeah, then you fail. And blah, blah, blah. It's an <laughs> ongoing problem. Hey, look, Tiffany, I've taken up so much of your time already. It's been absolutely fabulous to have you on the show, firstly, and to get to know you. I think we'll be doing things in the future together, I hope, because you're a pretty cool young lady. I think you're amazing. Um, I want people to go and listen to um, Roll With The Punches with Tiffany Cook. And Tiffany, where else can people find you if they want to reach out to you after hearing your amazing story and what you do? Uh, they can find me on Facebook, Tiffany Cook, Tiffany with a double E, um, or Tiffany and Co on Instagram, mm-hmm. or Roll with the Punches underscore podcast on Instagram. Yep. Yeah, all the Excellent. usual places. Okay, we'll get we'll grab all those links and I'll get you to send them all over uh, to me and we'll share them in the show notes. Tiffany, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been absolutely fabulous. Lisa, I have loved it. Thank you. <laughs> That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com 